Today is the 32nd day of the Omer, Lagba Omer minus one. Um, and we are, today's office is Ayin Hay, 75. We pick up at the bottom of Ayin Dal, and I'm at Tibet. Tonight, two lines from the uh, five lines from the bottom, three lines before the line gets wide. Tanu Rabbanan. We've continued to talk about the whole issue here about whom can marry whom, and who can marry whom, I should say. Um, and um, you know, the uh, just to say, I guess one or two summary statements about the broad sweep of what we've been talking about. The Mishnah lists all of these different people, the ten different gradations, but a lot of what the Gemara has done has been to sort of um, minimize those concerns, or maybe that's the wrong word, but anyway, um, but, 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 but minimize the scope, narrow the scope of those concerns um, in the sense that, first of all, asserting, you know, nobody really knows what their yichus is. We all might be descendants of Mamzerim for all we know. Um, once a family is mixed up and its identity is lost, you leave it that way. Um, then even when it got to the whole issue about Asufi and Shtuki, about people that had, you didn't know who their father or father and mother were, and they were Suffolk Mamzerim, the Gemara first of all said that the category of who even counts as an Asufi is very limited. It's only a child that's been left to die, as opposed to a child that any care has been shown that would not be in the category of Asufi. And then we introduced a very important statement of Rava, which is Mamzer Vadayam Rachmanavalo Mamzer Suffolk, that anybody that is a Mamzer Suffolk, that there's a doubt to, um, you don't uh, really, from the Torah's perspective, is one uh, is allowed to marry um, a Yisrael, um, or am allowed to marry a Mamzer, so actually it's not a problem at all from the Torah's perspective. Um, and what you would have expected the next move of the Gemara to have been would have been to say, okay, that's biblically, but rabbinically we're concerned that this person might be a Mamzer. But rather than framing it that way, the way the Gemara actually framed it was Mala Asu This is just a higher standard that we adopted when it came to marriage issues, which meant that, like, from the sort of weight of the Mamzer prohibition, we're really sort of of not concerned, not biblically and not rabbinically, you know, and it's really just a sort of separate type of higher standard that we've adopted, which is important because it raises, gets to issues about people that, you know, have questionable moms or status and how much do you investigate and so on. So in the Gemara, right, a lot of those concerns have been downplayed. Um, so that's in terms of like the general sweep of what the Gemara was doing. Um, and then um, most recently we ended with a mission that said uh, the, the mission was to remind us on the top of um, that anybody that can't marry into the kahal like the case would be uh, you know the most obvious is the mamzer and the uh, nasin and whatever um, and the suffolk mamzer they can all marry one another um, and then there was a confusing line because you know Rabbi Yehuda says it's forbidden and the Gemara most of yesterday or half of yesterday's staff was figuring out what exactly that debate was in the end the Gemara interpreted that mission in a way that Reb Yehuda was really not forbidding, that it was really talking about people like the Ammoni and the Moavi and the Adomi that had, you converted, that cannot marry in to the general Kla Yisrael, uh, but they were allowed to marry imams there. And even though Reb Yehuda forbids a gear in imams there, he would allow that type of a gear because that type of a gear can't marry into
to general Klal Yisrael, the general Jewish community. Okay? So that's one principle that, you know, Mamzerim and Suffolk Mamzerim can marry one another according to the Tanakam, according to the way we Paskin, a Gare can marry a Mamzer. And the Mishnah was talking about a case that everybody would agree, which would be a Gare of, let's say, an Ammoni or a Moavi who can't marry Yisrael but can marry a Mamzer. So that's like who can marry amongst those that cannot marry into general Kla Yisrael. Um, and then we get to this issue, which is going to be our focus, is the statement of Rabbi Eliezer. Where Rabbi Eliezer says, Vadain bevadain mutter, a Vadai Mamzer can marry like a Vadai Mamzer, but a Vadai Mamzer can't marry a Suffolk Mamzer. And a Suffolk Mamzer can't marry a Suffolk Mamzer for the obvious reason that if you treat it as a normal Suffolk, so one of these might be a Mamzer and the other wouldn't. So how can a Suffolk marry a Vadai Mamzer? The Suffolk might be a, a non-Mamzer. How can a Suffolk Mamzer marry Israel? He might be, he might be a Mamzer. How can a Suffolk Mamzer marry a Suffolk Mamzer? One of them could be a Mamzer and the other wouldn't be a Mamzer. So that's a very reasonable approach. Okay? Uh, of course, the first question to ask is, so who the heck can this Suffolk Mamzer marry? Yeah. So the answer would be a Gare. And according to the position that says a Mamzer can't marry a Gare, the answer would be basically uh, no one, it would seem, right? Because they can't have, even marry a Gare at Gomi. Because if this person isn't a Mamzer, then they're Israel. So that's like really like terrible if you think about it, right? And so, um, you know, so that then once again gets to that approach, which is is that that's if you treat this person as like a real genuine Safek and you have to apply the normal rules of Safek. But if your general approach is like the Gemara said, Mala Asubiyosin, like we're not really treating this as a Safek. Safek is okay. It's just this new Chumrah of Yuchsin. It allows us to be more, more flexible. So the question is going to be how we're going to rule about this. But this is actually the issue we're going to focus on. Yes, David, what did you want to say? All right, so let's take a look now at the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. Five lines from the bottom on Ayndalam is bet. Tanu Rabanan. Somebody who is nine years old, which means a nine-year-old man, boy, whose act of sex is considered an act of sex. Um, ger, now this person is either a ger, or an Ammoni, or a Moavi, or a Mitzri, or an Adomi, a Kuti, a Natin, a Halal, or a Mamzer. All of those are people that are not allowed to have... Um, that, well, well, take a look. Any of those people. Shabo al Kohenet. If they had sex, actually, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's not Ger comments. Ger Ammoni Moavi Mitri Vyadomi. It's a convert who comes from Ammon Moav Mitri or Edom. So all of those people, all of those converts, cannot marry into Israel. Okay, so this would be a forbidden act of sex with a with a uh, Jewish woman. Ead or Kuti Natin. A Kuti and a Natin. Kuti is a Samaritan who we'll see later, but let's assume for now is also a possible non-Jew, questionable if they really converted. Natin, David said, cannot marry in. So, so far it's a list of people that cannot marry Jews. Okay? And a halal... Um, can marry a Jew, but makes a woman he has sex with into a halala. And a mamzer is a mamzer. So basically, everybody here who cannot marry a normal, you know, a naturally born Jew and a halal, those type of people, Shabbat, and these are boys, so whatever, who are nine years old, so the act of sex is an act of sex. Shabbat that had sex with a Jewish woman. Paslua, they have invalidated her for kahuna. Because basically, any act of forbidden uh, sex here basically like makes her a halala or and forbidden to a kohen or a halal even though it's a permissible act of sex makes her into a halala and makes her forbidden to a kohen okay mamzer here it's both mamzer mamzer root from ariot or mamzer root from eshadish correct okay rebiosi omer kol shazar o pasul 
posel. Not every forbidden act of sex makes her a, a, a cholala. Only an act of sex that would make the child forbidden. But an act of sex that would not impact the child would not make her forbidden. Now, what does that mean? It, uh, it doesn't only mean would not make... Well, we'll see in the Gemara what the case would be. Okay? Anybody that you could marry the daughter, um, you could marry the widow. Meaning, if this guy... If this was a not just an act of sex, but they were married, the only way we could be discussing... If if the woman could now marry a Kohen would be if the guy died. Okay? Got that? Right? If, he was ma- if the guy was married, of course, we're talking about a nine-year-old boy, but okay, whatever. So, what it's saying is, if you could marry the daughter, then if a Kohen could marry the daughter, the Kohen could marry the mother. Okay? But it just describes the mother who's had sex with this man. But it just describes the mother as the widow of this man, because if it was a case of marriage, the only way she could be available to a Kohen was be- would be if she became a widow. So if you could marry her daughter, you could marry her. If you can't marry her daughter, you cannot marry... If you cannot marry his daughter, you can't marry his widow. It means if you can't marry her daughter, you can't marry her. Okay, so now we're going to figure out what the difference is. We start with an act of forbidden sex that makes the women, woman forbidden to a Kohen. According to position number two, only if the child becomes a problem. And according to position number three, only if the daughter becomes a problem. So the difference between number two and number three is if any child or all children are problematic or only if the daughter is problematic. That's number one. Number one is anytime the act of sex is forbidden. Ah. Okay? So now the Gemara is going to point out what the differences are. Let's take a look. The Gemara says like this. Um, um, so what is the difference between the Tanakam and Rebiosi? Presumably any of these acts, the children would turn out like them, right? Let's go through them. If, if the person is an Amonimo, uh, uh, if the person is a um, Amonimo Avi Mitri and Adomi, or a Kuti or Natin, the children are also I become an Ammonimo Avi Mitriadomi Kuti or Natin. So the same problem with the children. Okay? If it's a halal, the child is a halal. If it's a mamzer, the child is a mamzer. So any single one of these kids, the, the, the child is puzzled just like the father. What's the Navgamina? So the Gemara says, um, if the woman had sex with a second generation Mitzri convert in that case the child is a third generation Mitzri convert and it's supposed to Hashem. the third generation can marry so that's a case where the act of sex was forbidden but the child is actually okay because the child is a third generation so according to the Tanakam it makes the woman a halala because it was a forbidden act of sex. But according to the second position, Rebiosi, the, chi- the woman is not a chalala because the child is kosher. The child is a mitri shlishi. Okay? So the Gemara says like this, Vishneim lo lamdua el mi koin gadabayalmana. They both learned it out from the prohibition by a koin gadabayalmana. Because what does it say by a koin gadabayalmana? It says, Velo yechalel zaro biamav. Okay? Zaro the Amav. So the idea of Lo Yichalel means that when he has sex with the Amana, he makes her into a Chalala. 
So, right? Okay, that's what we learn out. Although it says zaro, which is what we're going to get to. But the Gemara makes a drush, a shnei chilulim. Yechalel, like it's seen as a double lamed, like a double chalala. He makes her a chalala, and he makes his child a chalala. Child becomes a chalala because the mother had been transformed into a chalala. Yes, yes. So, this Pasuk teaches us that when a Kohen Gadol has sex with an Almana, from which we're going to learn out, a, 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 you know, a, this, this is going to be a general principle of a forbidden act of sex with a woman makes her a chalala and makes the child a chalala. Okay? So now, what is the issue here about the case of a mitri sheni? Let's take a look. Um, okay. Just like that. Since that, the paradigm there is that it was a forbidden act of sex she becomes a halal, halala. Of course, she becomes a halala. Any time that was a forbidden act of sex, she becomes a halala. Rabbi Yossi Savar, Rabbi Yossi, would the opinion, no, it has to be more like that case. Ki koin gadab al-mana, ma koin gadab al-mana, she zar'o pasul. From that we learn, v'lo yichlel zar'o, that the child also becomes invalid. So when it's a type of a forbidden act that makes the child forbidden, uposel, then that makes her forbidden. Of course, as our any case that the child becomes forbidden, she becomes forbidden. But by a second generation Mitzri who had sex with a woman, the child is not a problem. Third generation is permissible. Okay, so what do you learn from the Kohen Gadabamana? Is it any forbidden act of sex makes the woman a halala? Or only a forbidden act of sex that would impact the child? Okay? And therefore, in a case here where it's not a case of a Cohen with a woman, it's a, it's a, you know, a normal whatever Yisrael with a woman, and the forbidden act is not an Isser Kahuna, then we have to ask the question, does that Isser pass down, that status pass down to the child? And since by the case of the Mitzri, the status does not pass down to the child, the woman does not become forbidden. Okay? So position number one is, is, what makes a woman a Chalala? Okay, so the Tanakhama says forbidden sex. Okay, one could ask, really? Like even a case of like Nida or something? But all right, but maybe, you know, that would be a little bit different. That's not a sort of a permanent status or whatever. Okay, Rebiosi says forbidden sex plus the status passes to the child. Status passes to the child, okay, that's Zaro Puzzle. Zaro Puzzle. This is Biaso Beavera. Okay, and Beavera. And now we're going to look at the third position, which is um, uh, Reb Shimon Gamliel, who says the daughter has to be forbidden. Yes. According to the second, according to Rabbi Yossi, then, yes. according to the Tanakhama, the. the so to speak, metaphysical genetics, so to speak, will pass on forever, even past the door shlishi. No, no, he doesn't say the child becomes forbidden. He just says that the woman becomes a halala. But, but if that woman has a child, then the child's a halal, right? So um, that child would be a halal. Would be a halal. It wouldn't be like a, be ushered to a kohen. It yeah, wouldn't be a mystery shlishi. But according to Rabbi Yossi, right. that halilut like, ends at the door shlishi, as it were. Like it doesn't continue from one... Right? No, I mean, everybody agrees that if the mother becomes a halala, the child becomes a halal. Right. The question is here, 
the normal way we would assume a, a woman becomes a halala is through a forbidden act of sex that's forbidden from the Kohen perspective. Okay. Like a Kohen Grusha. That's a classic case where the well, then she's already a Grusha, but whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think of another. Well, Kohen Gadol Balman is a case because it has a broader implication. Anyway, if let's say, or a halal with a woman makes her into a halala, except whatever. There's all these exceptions. Anyway, when you start with a, like a specific Kohen type of a thing, and she becomes a halala, then the child becomes a halal. But here the Isser is not specific to a Kohen. Here the Isser is, you know, Mitzri, Adomi, etc. Mamzer, whatnot, right? Although, so in that type of a case, the question is, the first thing you have to assert is a general forbidden sex, not unique to a Kohen, to make the woman a halala. Right. Okay, we learned that from Kohen Gadol and Almana. Okay, now, the question then is, is it like, if we can agree the woman becomes a halala, the child becomes a halal. Right. But do we say all types of forbidden sex so what this is saying is it's not saying if a child is a halala she's a halala she's, if a child is a halala she's a halala because that begs the question we have to first decide if she's a halala right. we're saying if the child is a problem because of some of the, her other status the fact you know the fact that we're dealing you know some other perspective it's like we're dealing with a mystery or an adomi or a mom's there so meaning okay, the, I, case in which the woman can just the mother can be a halala and the child will not be no, Rebiosi is saying if the child isn't a problem, the mother isn't a problem. If the child is a mitri shlishi and not a problem, the mother is not a halala. Ah, uh, so that aspect of this particular child's status, because of the din of mitri, but when is she a halala? How, what are the criteria for a woman becoming a halala? According to the Tanakama, it's when it was an act of forbidden sex. According to Abiyosi, it's when an act of forbidden sex and the status, not the halala status, because that begs the question. Right, right. The other Isser status that we're dealing with, right. this status, what made it forbidden, passes to the child. That's when she becomes a halala. Otherwise, she's not a halala. So it's not that she's a halal and the child isn't. When the child doesn't have a problem, she's not a halal. Exactly. Exactly. Okay? So now the Gemara says... Yes. You're confused, really? Okay, yes. <laughs> In other words, I'm, I'm confused about the relationship between the mother and the child. Yeah. Follow this. If the child's not a problem, say it's the third generation, so right. it's going to be a problem. Right. The mother's not a halala. Correct. But I thought it was the act of forbidden sex. No, right to the Tanakama. Only forbidden sex, which results in the status passing to the child, makes her a halala, according to Rebiosi. Ta- okay? These are, that's, these are the criteria, right? This is one criteria. Here you have two criteria. Only then is she a halala. The problem has to only be it's only if the daughter becomes forbidden does the as an act of forbidden sex makes the woman forbidden. What would be a case where the daughter would not be forbidden but a child, a, the son would because that presumably is the difference. So the Gemara says if we're dealing with a Amoni and a Moavi and a Jewish woman and the child is a 
a daughter, so the principle is a Amoni woman and a Mavi woman are not forbidden. Okay? The Yosi Savar Ki Kohen Gadol the Almana Kohen Gadol Almana is the paradigm. Ma Kohen Gadol the Almana Shazaro Pasulu Posel Af Kol Shazaro Pasulu Posel. So one argument is, yeah, here too, the son at least will be an Amoni or a Moavi and will be a problem. So therefore, the mother is a Chalala. So King Amliel says, no, no, it has to be like Kohen Gadol Almana. Ma Kohen Gadol Almana Shikol Zaro Pasul by Kohen Gadol by an Almana. All children, boys and girls, are problematic. They become chalolim. The only time a woman becomes a chalola is if all the children are a problem. Okay? Even the girls. But the case of a ger in an ammonio-mavi, that the females can marry, only the male ammonites and moavites cannot marry, but the female can. So in that case, the, the, the mother will be okay. Alright? So, Reb Shimon Gamliel so says, you need three things. Reb Shimon Gamliel says, you need forbidden sex and status passes passes to boys and girls. Okay? Because by the coin of Almana, okay, you have you, you, right, the paradigm of coin of coin Almana is it's forbidden sex. Do you just focus on that, or do you say no? It's not just forbidden sex. It's forbidden sex where the status passes to a child. What do you say? It's not just the status passes to a child. It's a case where the status would pass to both the boys and the girls. Okay, and each one of these additional criteria excludes a case. So in this case of a mitzri shani, okay, you have forbidden sex status does not pass does not pass okay so if you only focus on forbidden sex halala if you satisfy on the fact that the status has to pass not a halala because in this case it doesn't then you have amoni okay in that case it's forbidden sex status goes to the goes passes to the boys but does not pass to the girls okay so in that case, is it forbidden sex? Yes, according to Tanakama Halala. Is it forbidden sex and a status passes to a child? Yes. yes. So according to Yosef, it's a Halala. Is it forbidden sex and the status passes to both children? No. So according to Tanakama Halala, she's not a Halala. Yeah. Well, no, the drush is how far do you do you make the how many similarity points do you need with Kohen Gadol with Almana right how narrowly or broadly do you read that comparison okay so now the Gemara says like this um, everybody would agree that an Almana of Doe remember Doe means like questionable lineage right cannot marry a, kuhun, a Kohen what does that mean that means a woman who had sex with a Suffolk Halal so the, the most sort of obvious case that a woman becomes a halala is she has sex with a halal. Then even though the act is not forbidden, right, because a, a halal can have sex with a, with a, with a, a Kohen Levi, Kohenet Levi Yisrael, Yisraeli. There's no Isser, okay? Even though there's nothing forbidden, the halal status passes from the man to the woman. Okay, you ask me? Let's say the guy himself is a Suffolk halal, and he has sex with a woman. So this woman is a Suffolk halala. So she is usher. Okay, so that's what he says. Everybody would agree that that case is she's usher. Man maker Bahani Tanai, who is the most lenient of these Tanayim? But Mishim Gamliel, 
He says the most lenient read, you know, read is only a problem if the daughter is a problem. So it seems like he's coming to exclude some case. So what case is it that he's saying that actually, you know, uh, would still be a problem. That he would come to say that in the case of, even the case of a suffix, like if she's a suffix halala and the daughter's a suffix halala, but since you can't marry the daughter, you can't marry the mother. Okay, so everybody here, even though they say some cases aren't a problem, if the only issue here was suffix, but it was a Suffolk halal, which made the woman a Suffolk halala, which made the daughter a Suffolk halala. In those types of cases, it would be a problem. We'd have to be machmir for the Suffolk. Lafuke mehani tonight, and that excludes this following position of tonight. That non hey Rebbe Yosher Rebbe Yehuda ben Betera almanas isa shekshere lekuna. A woman, right? She's called a widow because it means she was married to a kohen that was a Suffolk halal, and now the kohen died because if he divorced her, obviously she'd be a grusha. So now she's a Suffolk halala. She can marry a kohen. Why? So the Gemara says, why isn't she just a Suffolk halala and a daughter, and her daughter's a Suffolk halala? So the Gemara says, my taima. It's a double suffix. Now, it's really not a double suffix. It's a derivative of a suffix. Right? There's only one suffix. If her husband was a halal, she's a halala. And her child's a halala. So the actual real doubt here, there's only one question. Was her husband a halal? But Rashi says, since it is a derivative of a suffix, first you have to say he's a halal. Then, as a result of him being a halal, she's going to be a halala. So that's like a status transferred bisafek. You, you sort of see that? It's not really a sex faker. It's a derivative suffix. First, he, the suffix was about his status. That's and that was the first suffix. That's the first suffix. The second thing is the suffix. The second thing is we take his doubtful status and one degree removed, we apply it to her. So it's a, it's a uh, diluted, it's a diluted status. Or a derivative, right. It's a derivative, I would say. Anyway, according to this opinion, that is enough to make her permissible. All right, moving on. So that was a little bit of a digression with... Yeah, so that was a little bit of a digression. I don't know a digression. It's all about Yuchsin, but that was a specific focus on Kohanim issues and what makes a Halala a little bit more off from the more sort of broader focus that we've been having until now. Okay, back to now the position of Rabbi Eliezer that really creates a real challenge for somebody who is a Suffolk Mamzer. Because he says, we don't treat a Suffolk Mamzer as opposed to the approach earlier in the Gemara, which is we basically treat them as totally okay. But we say, Mala al-Asubiyuchsin. He treats them as real Suffolk. And because he treats them as real Suffolk, Rabbi Eliezer, he says that a Suffolk Mamzer can't marry a Vare Mamzer, can't marry a Vare Yisrael, can't even marry a Vare Mamzer. A suffix mom's there, because uh, you don't know. One person yes and one person no. Okay? So according to Rebbe things are really very challenging. So, Amar Avud, Amar Av, Halach, Now he says, we rule like that. So now the Gemara says, so anybody who's a Suffolk Mamza has got a real problem. Okay? Kiamri say, coming to Shmuel, and when I said it to Shmuel, Amarli, he says, Hillel Shona, Sari Yuchsin, Alumi Bava, Vakulan Mutarin, Lavo Zebzeh. Hillel says that ten Yuchsin came to Bava, from Bava, and they could all intermarry. Now Rashi says, and Joseph says, wait, wait, they can't all intermarry, like a Mamza can't marry Yisrael. So Rashi doesn't mean, you know, like all the Psulim can intermarry. Okay? So therefore, he says, you know, all the Psulim can intermarry. The Atta Marta, Allah, Grabbalazar, and you're saying we're going to rule like Rabbi Leather that says now all of a sudden a Suffolk Mamza can't 
marry a Vada Imam there? Alright, so the Gemara says, so that's a nice debate. How are we going to, we'll, we'll, let's see how it gets resolved. For Rami, to Rav Adarav, Rami to Shmuel to Shmuel. A contradiction of Rav on his own statement and Shmuel's own statement. The Ibmar. Arusa Sheibra, a woman who was betrothed. Halachically, she's totally married, but he and her husband, at least as far as we know, have not been sleeping together. They have yet to make, you know, she's still living in her father's home. They have yet to actually set up house together. And all of a sudden, she becomes pregnant. It's a miracle. Miracle, right. Virgin birth. So we'd like to know how she became pregnant. Was it through her betrothed, and the child is actually kosher, or was it with another man, and the child's a mom's there? So Rav Amar, Havlad Mamzer, the child's a Mamzer, we assume it's another man. For Shemuel Amar, Havlad Shkuki, no, he's a Suffolk Mamzer. Okay, so now, what difference does it make? Either way, he's a Mamzer. Either way, he can't marry Israel. So the Gemara is going to say, presumably, here's what they mean. Rav Amar, Havlad Mamzer, Umutr B'Mamzeres, that Rav is actually being more lenient than Shmuel. Rav is saying she's a Mamzer and can marry a Mamzeres, because we treat her as a Vare Mamzer, the child is a Vare Mamzer. Okay, with Shmuel Amar, Havlad Shkuki, it's also B'Mamzeres, so it's a Suffolk Mamzer. And a Suffolk Mamzer would be the worst, because might be a Mamzer, might not, and therefore can't marry a Mamzeres. So if that's how you read their debate, then Shmuel actually is saying that a Suffolk Mamzer cannot marry a Vare Mamzer. So and that's what, Ra, and that was, but Shmuel said the opposite position a minute ago, that Suffolk Mamzer is not a problem. So the Gemara says, how are you going to reconcile that? So the Gemara says, Eipuch, Reverse it. That's all you have to do. Rav Amar Vlad Shtuki, Suffolk Mamzer, which is a way of saying, because there's a doubt, cannot marry a Vadai Mamzer. Vishmul Amar Vlad Mamzer, which is not really saying that he's definitely a Mamzer, because that says we don't know he's definitely a Mamzer. Maybe it's from her husband. Okay? It's really a way of saying, even though it's a Suffolk Mamzer, it's okay, he can still marry a Mamzer. So now they're consistent. Rav says a Suffolk Mamzer can't, and Shmuel says a Suffolk Mamzer can marry a Mamzer. Yes. A little tiny thing. This yes. had always bothered me because we see this hundreds of times like April, April. yep maybe this is obvious but this whole thing was oral yeah like I'm reading it's an Amar right, right? it's just like he said no he said this. right it's all like it's much more possible to reverse it exactly. right right correct it's a written text it's all absolutely it's of course absolutely absolutely so now the Gemara says Tarti Lamali if they really do have reversed positions why do they have to repeat it meaning why do they have to say on our Mishnah what that you know Ra says Safik Mam there's a, pro- a problem with Mamzeret and Shmuel says not and then say it again by this case of the betrothed, you know, woman. So the Gemara is tricha. You need to say it twice. Had Rav just said that a normal case of a Suffolk mom there's a problem, that's by like a single woman. That the most likely scenario with a single woman is that the child isn't a mom's there. Right? Because a single woman, how would the child be a mom's there? Only if she was having sex with a relative or with a mom's there. So it's highly unlikely the child is a mom's there. So there Rav is going to say, in that case, she, the child can't marry a mom's there, another mom's there, it's a good chance the child's totally okay. By the case of a betrothed woman, 99.99% of the world would, a men would make the child a mom's there. The only man she could have had sex with that the child wouldn't be a mom's there in that case is her husband. Okay? So the vast majority of the population would have made her child a mom's there. So in that case, most likely, the child is a mom's there. So therefore, we should have let the child marry another mom's there. Okay? Aim a Maybe he'd agree to Shmuel that the child can marry a mamzer in that case. So then he has to tell me, no, even in that case, it's enough of a suffix that he might be okay that the child can't marry a mamzer. Now, if you had just told me that case about the case of the betrothed woman, the Harkamara, that's where Ra says that the child can't marry a mamzer. Why? 
Yeah, because you have the opposite argument. It's more likely in that case the child's okay. Mishum because she's already engaged or betrothed to this other man, so it's reasonable to think that it's her husband's child, right? And therefore, because it's reasonable that the child might not be a mom's heir, he's usher to marry a mom's heir. The child can't marry a mom's heir. by a random single woman that just got pregnant, there's no particular man that we can say is the person. So in that case, maybe he would agree to Shmuel that we should assume more likely it's a vadai mom's heir. There's not a particular man we can sort of pin it on so and maybe therefore it's mutter bimams there Tricha, you have to tell me both cases okay so now what we're basically saying is sort of like it sounds like it's a less of a principle debate of what's the status of a suffix mom's there but like how much are we really choshed that the child might be kosher Shmuel is not so choshed the child might be kosher says mutter bimamzeres and Rav says no we still have to worry in this case in this case maybe the child is kosher and therefore usher bimamzeres okay that sort of seems to be the way the Gemara is framing the debate yeah, okay that's one explanation the Ebi say don't reverse their positions by the case of the betrothed woman. My mom's there to come a Now, if that's true, you're not reversing their positions. So you have this woman who's betrothed, who's pregnant. Okay? Rav would say the child, the child's a Suffolk mom's there. So Rav would say the child can't marry a mom's and Shmuel would say the child could marry a mamzeret. So, fine. So what, so what, what are they debating when Rav says mamzeret and Shmuel says, Shmuel says, Stuki. So let's take a look. Okay, umay mamzer to kama rav. So when rav there says mamzer, he says love muter be mamzer. Not to say that the child can marry mamzer, because that's not true. It's a savig mamzer can't marry a mamzeris. So why does rav say that this betrothed woman's child is a mamzer? Why does he use that phrase? What's that meant to convey? Right? Ella the usher bevas Israel. By saying mamzer, he's saying cannot marry a Jewish woman. It means savig mamzer. Don't marry a Jewish woman. Okay. Then what's Shmuel say? But Shmuel Amar Havlad Shtuki Dasu Bivas Yisrael. So okay, but Shmuel saying the same thing. Shtuki is a Suffolk mob that can't marry Yisrael. So now they're not debating. Okay, Yehachi Haini Derav. Okay, Elamai Stuki. So let's figure out something else Shmuel must mean. Nobody, nobody talking about marrying a mamzeres. That's not the discussion. They're talking about this fetus's child for a normal Yisrael. Rav says, mamzer, don't marry a normal Yisrael. So what's Shmuel saying? For Shmuel, I'm Stuki. I'm sorry, Elamai Stuki. Shemashatki no somi dun kahuna. It means that if the betrothed man or the, the, the whatever, the, the man she's betrothed to is a Kohen, the child has no right to the status of kahuna. So the mother says, of course not. If we don't let him marry a Yisrael because he's a Suffolk Mamzer, is there any question that he wouldn't have a status of a Kohen? So how, again, what is Shmuel adding beyond what Rav already said? If Rav already said the child was Suffolk Mamzer, here's what Shmuel is adding. A similar type of a point that the, 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 the betrothed woman's uh, husband, if he were to die, this child who not only is he a Suffolk Mamzer in terms of personal, is not only a Suffolk Mamzer in terms of personal status of who he can marry, but he's also a Suffolk Mamzer in terms of being a questionable heir of the father. So if the father were to die, he would not be entitled to any portion in the estate. So the Gemara says, Pita, obviously those are go hand in hand. Niyadina Navua Manu, who we don't know who the father is. If you're saying he's a Suffolk Mamzer, then we don't know that this woman's, the man the woman's betrothed to is his father. We're doubting that. 
that. So of course he does not going to get a portion in the estate. Again, what would Shmuel be adding beyond what Rav said? So the Gemara says, well, the case would be that he, let's say, seized some of the property. The father, the assumed father, died. He seized some of the property. So maybe we should say, okay, it's a suffix. It might reasonably be, the, he, that, that's a reasonable that that's the father. Maybe we're not going to ex- take the property out of this person's possession. So no, once it's such a doubt of who the father is, he has absolutely no right to the estate, even if he seized it. Okay, so according to this read, both Rav and Shmuel would agree that the child that this uh, betrothed in this betrothed woman's you know uh, uh, you know that you know that this betrothed woman is carrying is a Suffolk mom there can't marry Israel and all that Shmuel is adding is he has no rights to the father's estate even if he were to seize it but they're not discussing whether he can marry a mamzeris or not that's not the issue the Ebay same and if you want a third explanation Ema my Shtuki Baduki no 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 by Shmuel saying Shtuki now at least Shmuel is a little bit more consistent with his point before that he's being lenient Shmuel is actually saying, don't just write this guy off as a mom's heir. This kid, you know, who the betrothed woman is, marry, uh, is pregnant with. They're, ah, mom's heir, can't marry anybody, end of story. Shmuel's saying, I'm not ready to write him off yet. Stuki means it's like a questionable status. What does a questionable status mean? Why are you raising that point? To say, let's investigate. Right. Paduki. Right. You check the mother. You know, if the mother says, yeah, the sex I had was permissible, meaning it was with the man I was betrothed to, then their men, as she be believed, so the mother says, you mean he's talking like Rebbe Gamliel in terms of that debating suvos of do you believe the woman? He said it once. None. A woman was pregnant, a single woman. The Amrullah, what's the status of this fetus? And she said, from such a man, he's a Kohen. I mean, he's not specific that he's a Kohen, but the boy is a totally kosher guy. The child is kosher, I'm kosher, etc. So then, do we believe her? She's believed. She's not believed. We rule like Rebbe Gamliel. Okay? So therefore, when Shmuel is saying, so this case of the, preg- of the woman who's betrothed who's pregnant, Rob says, Mom's there. End of story. Okay? Shmuel says, No, 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 no. Let's ask her, and then we'll go by what she says. Okay? And that's the debate. You got the case where there was a lesson on low alpiyan. Yeah, like exactly. So the mother says, Tzricha, you need to tell me both cases. Dime Hassam, had it been the case over there in Ksuvas, the case of a single woman, most people are kosher, right? It's, very, it's hard for a single woman to have sex that would actually make the child a problem. Here, everybody other than the, um, the man that she's betrothed to would make the child a mom's there. Aim a low. Maybe you don't believe her. You need to tell me in both cases. Okay? So basically, you have what? You have a debate of Rav and Shmuel about a Suffolk mom's there. If a Suffolk mom's there can marry, a mom's there, uh, can marry another mom's there. Okay? That's the debate of Rav and Shmuel. Or can even marry another Suffolk mom's there. How do we paskin? Do we pass on Rebelezer or not? This other issue about the, preg- about the woman who betrothed woman who's pregnant, the Gemara said, is a different debate. They're not talking about whether can marry a mom's there. They're talking about a different question. Can you ask the mother and go by what the mother says? Okay? Now, before we move on, the question is, how do we pass him? See, it's too bad Michael isn't here. When you take a look at Tosfos, Tosfos says, um... Tosfos says like this: um, You go four lines down in Tosfos. He says, uh, No, excuse me, one minute, not that. 
um, about six lines down in Tosos. The near the halacha Krebiyelazer. We rule like Krebiyelazer. The Rav posek kavatsei. The halacha Rav Yisrael legabishmuel. And Rambam rules the same way, and Shulchan Aruch rules the same way that we rule like Krebiyelazer, which is a very harsh ruling, which is a suffix mamzer cannot marry a suffix mamzer and cannot marry a vaday mamzer and cannot marry a vaday Yisrael right because a suffix mamzer might be a mamzer so can't marry Yisrael might be a, not a mamzer and can't marry a mamzer and one suffix mamzer can't be a, marry another suffix mamzer because one might be one and one might be the other and Tosos and Rambam and Shulchan Aruch all say we rule that way okay which basically means the only person a suffix mamzer can marry is a uh, what do you call it is a gear Right? It's better so, to be a mamzer from that. Fr- it's better to be a mamzer than a suffix Okay? Now, how does that fit in with the earlier Gemara? You know, the problem is that a lot of that gets minimized because we rule that, A, if we rule that you can trust the mother, so in any case we know who the mother is, you can trust the mother. So that minimizes the scope there. And the case where it's an abandoned child, and a Sufi, we basically say that any time that the child looks like it's cared for and wasn't left to die isn't an Asufi. So on the one hand, the ruling of somebody who actually is a Shtuki or a Sufi is very harsh. The only person they're left to marry is a Ger. On the other hand, we did a lot to minimize the scope of those cases. Okay? And we said that the mother could be believed if you pass it that way and that the child isn't an Asufi if it wasn't left to die. Okay? But again, it's still, it's like, this is a very, you know, har- harsh ruling for somebody who falls into that category. Okay, so now the Gemara continues with the following. Let's take a look. Know, yes. Can I ask you a naive question? Yeah, sure. So again, can Contemporary legal systems, laws change. What would be the mechanism beyond or others that narrowing the scope so that it's almost in, you know, not applicable? I don't know. I mean, that's always the question. You know, you right. narrow the scope, you reinterpret the terms, you, uh, you know, if certain cases where you say context is different or whatever, I mean, you know, that's a general question. Right. right. Okay. Are you posking the other way? Although, you know, everybody is posking this way. All right. All right. So, anyway, so all right. So, let's continue. So, Mark says like this. Um... Okay. Um, okay. Right. So it's like this. Now, new halacha. This is going to be confusing. As if this I wasn't until now. I was actually. Actually, it was pretty clear until this point. Okay. So it's like this. Um, okay. Uh, okay. The, uh, Tanya, for second wide line of the widest line. Um, a Samaritan cannot marry another Samaritan. Now, again, who the heck is a Samaritan supposed to marry? Right? It could be nobody. I mean, good thing they're not asking us the halacha. I mean, can they marry a ger? I don't know. What exactly is the status of a Samaritan? Why can't a Samaritan not marry a Samaritan? Okay, we'll have to figure this out and then we'll have to figure out if there's anybody left for them to marry. My time, what's the reason? Amar of Yosef, Asa'ua ki ger la'achar asaradoros. They made like a ger after ten generations. Jitanya, ger at asaradoros mutabimamzeres. Mikan ve'elach asaradoros. Until ten generations, can marry a mamzeres, afterwards not. V'yeshomim atishtakashem avoroskochavim mimenu. It's not a formal definition of ten generations. It's as long as he is still, his, the, the non-Jewish name is forgotten from him, which basically Rambam says means until the point that it's forgotten that he's a descendant of Gerim. Now, there's a lot of very important halachas that have just been said here. Number one, which nobody has asked until now, is the following question. When we say a mamzer can marry a Ger, right, does that just mean a first-generation Ger? Somebody who has just converted? 
Or does that mean anybody who is descendant of Gerim? So the Gemara just has now said that anybody that is descendant of Gerim is also considered to be a Ger and can marry a convert. You with me here? Okay, that's a big halacha. You sort of understand it if you say it's an issue of kahal gerim, but now the interesting question to ask, which I'm not going to answer right now, is how do you define if somebody is a descendant of gerim? Does it go by the father or the mother or both or either? Right? You with me here, everybody? Right? If it's not just about the gear, but any descendant of a gear can marry a man's there, is it descendants on which side? Both sides? Either side? Just one side? Which side? Etc. That's one question. Okay? But that's point number one, is that a descendant of a gear can marry a man's there. Now, how do we apply this to a kuti? Oh, but number two is, once it is forgotten that this person is of gear descent, he, can't, he cannot marry a man's there. Why not? Why do you think he, it's, he cannot marry Mamzer once it's forgotten that he's of Ger descent? Not he might be, but he might be confused as an Israelite. If to everybody, nobody remembers the fact that ten generations ago, you know, his grand, his great 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 grandfather converted, so they'll just see a Yisrael married a Mamzer. So you can't have that. Once that identity is lost, we have to treat him as a straight Yisrael Luchomra. Okay, that's number one. Now, how is this relevant to the Kuti and the Kuti's case? So Tosa says the following. He says because if we assume that Kutim are Suffolk Mamzerim, okay, right, because, um, one minute, one minute, uh, one minute, right, well, hold on, hold on, Ah, so the point is like this. He says, here's the issue by the Kutim, okay? We're not exactly sure. We're going to see in a minute because of the fact that they might be, you know, they, they might not be careful in certain halachot about marriage and divorce or whatever. So let's say we treat that the Kutim are all Suffolk Mamzerim, right? That would be the easiest way to say why Kutim can't marry Zebezeb. This is the same Rebelezer that says a Suffolk Mamzer can't marry a Suffolk Mamzer, right? Because one might be a Mamzer, one might be not. So let's say you assume that all the kutim are not careful with all the halachas of Gittin and Kiddushin. So there's a lot of Suffolk Mamzerim running around amongst the kutim. So you would say a kuti can't marry another kuti because it's a Suffolk, Suffolk Mamzer. One might be a Mamzer, one might not, and they can't marry Zebezed. That's a very reasonable explanation, right? But then the Gemara says, but one minute. Why is it a problem? All of the kutim are gayrim, Right? If they've all the kutim converted. So even if there's a lot of Suffolk Mamzerim around the kutim, anybody is either a Mamzer marrying a Ger, I mean a Ger Mamzer marrying a Ger, or Ger non-Mamzer marrying a Ger, but they're all marrying Gerim, because they're all Gerim, if they marry one another, all descendants of Gerim. So even if you consider the Kutin to be Suffolk Mamzerim, there's no reason they can't marry one another, right? Because you're marrying a Ger. Let's not go there. No, 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 no. And that was, there's another factor. All right. So basically, so the question is, we know Rebbe says Suffolk Mamzer can't marry Suffolk Mamzer, but why can a Kuti not marry a Kuti? Even if you treat them all as Suffolk Mamzerim, they're all Gerim. So the Gemara's answer is yes. But, they're, but, but it's like a Gerachorosaradoros. Their Gerus happened so many generations ago. So on the one hand, their identity hasn't been lost. Right? It's not like people still have this label of Kuti. On the other hand, it was so many generations ago, we're not going to apply the Kula 
of Gerim, and that's why it's a problem. Okay, so that's Rava's answer. Okay, so let's take a look. Was it Rava? Who was it? It said, uh, the Gemara says like this. So yeah, that was, uh, that was Rav Yosef's answer. It's true they're Suffolk Mamzerim, but it's after, and it's, but it's true that they're Gerim, but it's after so many generations, we don't have the Kula of Gerim, and that's why they can't marry Zebazeh. So the Gemara says, Amalei Abaye, so Abaye responded back, Mi dummy, how can you compare it? Hasam Ger Yashanu Mamzeris Chadasha. In the case of a gear after ten generations, he's an old gear. His gear identity is way in the past, and this person in front of us is somebody with a newly minted mamzer identity. So that creates a problem. Somebody who we treat as a Yisrael with somebody who we know as a mamzer, and that's why you can't have that. Allow that a gear achar asaradoros. Amri people say bar Yisrael who he's a straight Yisrael the kanasiv mamzeres. So that's the problem of Ger Achar Asaradoros. Hacha, in this case, they're all in the same parsha. If you, the reason you're, call, if, 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 the reason you're calling them Suffolk moms there is because you're applying the label of Kuti. Once you apply the label of Kuti, the identity of Ger goes with the label of Kuti. If you say it was so many generations ago and we're, we're going to forget the Ger label, the Kuti Ger label, then you should forget the Kuti Mamzer label. So how do you split your vote? So we still don't understand why a Kuti can't marry a Kuti. So Kiyosu Reb Dimyam Reb Lezer Amar he said Rabbi Eliezer Sevalak Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi Lezer holds like Rabbi Yishmael turn the page Rabbi Yishmael Sevalak Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yishmael holds like Rabbi Akiva now what does this mean? Rabbi Eliezer Sevalak Rabbi Yishmael the Amar Kutin Geirei Arayasi number one holds like Rabbi Yishmael Rashi says we have no idea where Rabbi Yishmael said this but whatever the Gemara understood that Rabbi Yishmael's position was that Kutim are converts due to the lions meaning that they're not sincere converts they did it out of fear and they're really non-Jews okay this now if they're all non-Jews what do we care who they marry let them marry one another what's it our issue okay number two though the Yishmael Sevalak Rabbi Akiva the Amar now the problem was was that Jewish women intermarried with Kutim so the children would be Mamzerim if you hold like Rabbi Akiva right that says A slave or non-Jew with a Jewish woman the child is a Mamzer everybody with me? so the Kutim are non-Jews non-Jews who think they're Jews Jewish women married in so what are the children? Mamzerim so that's why Kutim can't marry Zebazeh now the question is, you should be telling me, what? We basically have a population here that is non-Jews mixed in with them is a certain percentage of Jewish mamzerim. Okay? Right. So the reason Kutim can't marry Zebazeh is because what we're really saying is any Jews among you who might be descendant of Jewish mothers, you're still Jewish and therefore don't marry somebody there because they're not Jews. They're not, Jews. not because you're Mamzerim. Why do we have to mention they're Mamzerim? It's just Jews intermingled with non-Jews, right? I mean, maybe to say that the Kutik also can't marry us, but the reason they can't marry us is also because they might be non-Jews. So, like, who has to bring in the Mamzer idea here? The basic problem is they're Jews intermingled with non-Jews and therefore don't marry one another because you might be a Jew marrying a non-Jew. So Tosos, ra- so Tosos raises this question 
Okay? And it's not clear what Tosus answers, but what I need to say to you is that there's a cryptic part of Tosus's answer where it sounds like, and the Marsha develops this, or the Marsha rejects this as a read of Tosus, but it becomes a possibility, which is when the Gemara says, what's the alternative of saying, Kut Eben Haba Abat Yisrael, Eben Vigoy Haba Abat Yisrael, Havlad Mamzer? Remember what the alternative is? What do we say? about an Eved or a Naju that has sex with a, with a Jewish woman. What do we say the child is? Not mom's there. How do we him? Does anybody remember this? Hello? What? Well, the mother says kasher. I mean, kasher, that's okay. Kasher, whatever, okay. So, the question is, people listen to this. This is an important point, okay? There's a read of one of the Bali Hatosos that says that if a non-Jew or a slave has sex with a Jewish woman, when the Gemara says the child is not a mamzer but kasher, it does not mean that the child is Jewish. It means the child is a non-Jewish and not a mamzer. So he's kasher in the sense that he has the ability to convert and then he'll be okay, which is better than a mamzer who's stuck as a mamzer status. Now take a minute and take a step back and realize what that just said. That just said that our idea of matrilineal descent, that it doesn't matter who the father is, according to one very, very tiny read of a Rishon in the Gemara, is that the, no, either the child is a mamzer, if the father's a non-Jew, or the child's a non-Jew. When the Gemara says kasher, it doesn't mean Jew. It means non-mamzer. Okay, because it's a non-Jew. So there's actually one position of one of the Bali Hatosos that says that there's no such thing as matrilineal descent. Uh, unless, you got, yeah, unless you got both parents as Jews, the child's yeah, a non-Jew. Both parents. Both parents. It's not patrilineal. It's bilineal or whatever or whatever it is. Now, that read would say, that's why the Gemara here had to say the child was a mamzer. Because the alternative to the child being a mamzer is not the child being a Jew, but the child being a not-Jew. So if we said Kutim are non-Jews, and if we said the child of them with a Jewish woman is a non-mamzer, according to this read, we'd be saying the child is a non-Jew. So then they're all non-Jews, so what do we care? So the only way to say that there was a problem with Kutim was to say they were non-Jews, but children that they had with Jewish women were Jews. And therefore it's a Jew-non-Jew problem. And that's the position that the child is a mamzer. Because the alternative to that is that the child's a non-Jew. Okay, so I just raised that to be aware we certainly don't pask it that way, which is like a good thing. <laughs> My God, can you imagine, right? Of if we basically said, forget matrilineal descent, like every, both parents have to be Jewish. Um, maybe there's some people who want to say that. I don't know. Anyway, but this is, anyway, but that is, but, 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 no, overwhelmingly, of course, it's not how we re- read and certainly not how we pask it. But there, I did want to tell you that that does come up in this discussion. Because it's a bizarre Gemara. Because according to this read, the problem of Kuti marrying Zebizer is not that the kid is a mom's there. The problem of Kuti marrying Zebizer is that you have Jews mixed in with non-Jews. Okay, anyway, that's one answer. Let's read a little bit further in the Gemara. Okay, the Gemara says like this. Does Rabbi Shmuel really hold like Rabbi Akiva? Meaning that the idea that a child of a of a Jewish mother and not Jewish father is a mom's there? 
How do you know if a non-Jew or slave had sex with a Jewish woman, Kohenes, Levi, Israel, that they invalidate her, make her usher to a Kohen, make her like a Halala or a Zona? The daughter of a Kohen, if she's a widow or divorcee, if she has no children, she goes back to her father's house and continues to eat truma. Okay? So the Grusha is, so she had sex with a man, but now she's divorced from him. Now she goes back to her father's house. So she remains in her kosher status. When does she remain in her kosher status? Only if the man that she left is a man that there, she could become a widow or divorcee from. Meaning that there was a kosher kiddushin. It was a, or at least kiddushin was possible. However, if she had sex with a non-Jew or slave, which divorced and widowhood is not possible because she could never in theory be married to them. In that case, she never goes back to her father's house because sex with a man which she could not have kiddushin invalidates her, makes her a halala or makes her a zona. Okay? So, okay, fine. So he says that the sex with this man invalidated. How did it show that that's not Rebbe Akiva? Because what would Rebbe Akiva say? If a Jewish woman had sex with an Evid or a non-Jew, what would the child be? Mamzer. So the mother is going to say, if the child's a Mamzer, of course the mother is puzzle. You don't need to make a drusha from a puzzle. If you think he looks like Rebbe Akiva, if the kid would be a Mamzer, you don't need a drusha to tell me the mother becomes puzzle. So clearly Rebbe Ishmael, who says that Kutim are non-Jews, does not hold that the kid is a Mamzer. Elifine. Rebbe Shmel doesn't hold it. But Rebbe Lezer, remember this is all Rebbe Lezer that says Kutim can't marry Kutim. Rebbe Lezer holds both positions. Rebbe Lezer several like Rebbe Ishmael. Rebbe Lezer first holds like Rebbe Ishmael. Then are Kutim Gerei Arayos. The Kutim are non-Jews. But several like Rebbe Akiva. Then are Ovikov and Bevet. Abba Yisrael of Ammam. Then holds like Rebbe Akiva that says the kids that they would have with Jewish women would be Mamzerim. So we're back to the square one except we're not saying it's Rebbe Shmel holds Rebbe Akiva. We're saying Rebbe Lezer holds of both positions. So Kutim are non-Jews mixed with Jewish mamzerim, and therefore they can't marry Zebazeh. Forget the mamzer, just because it's Jews and non-Jews. But it's non-Jews mixed with Jewish mamzerim. Let's just read one more line. The Gemara says, one minute. How can you say Rebbe Lezer holds like Rebbe Akiva that the child is a mamzer of a Jewish woman and a non-Jewish man? Remember the first mission in Yevamos where the question is, is the co-wife of a woman who's an erva, does she require Yibum or Chalitza? Right? Anybody vaguely remember that? Big debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai. And then became the whole question, could Beit Hillel marry the daughters of Beit Shammai and vice versa? Because maybe somebody did a Chalitza that wasn't necessary, or didn't do a Chalitza that wasn't allowed, or did a Yibum that wasn't allowed. Anyway, so it says, even though there's all those debates, and you might sort of wonder what the status is of the children, nevertheless, Modi um, Beigrish, a child does not become a mom 
come there unless it is an erva iser. If it's just a lav iser, like for example, if a woman required chalitza and she went and married another man, that's an iser lav. Lotia echetamechachutza. That's not an arayas. It's not an iser kares for a woman who required chalitza to marry another man. So his point is, don't go overboard. Even though some people say, oh, in this case she needed chalitza and she didn't do chalitza and she married another man, the child isn't a mamzer. The child's only going to be a mamzer by an iser kares. So I asked earlier. Right. Time we use the term moms here. We're talking about the full. Yeah, but the full scope is not an Isra Lav, it's an Isra Kare. Isra Kare is not the Rebbe Akiva Isra Lav. Right. And that's the point. How can you say the Rebbe Lezer says the problem with Kutim are Mamzerim mixed with Kutit, with non Jews? He doesn't hold that the kid would be a Mamzer. He doesn't agree to Rebbe Akiva that the kid of an Isra Lav is a Mamzer. Only the kid of an Isra Kare is a Mamzer. So he would not say that the child of a Jewish woman with a non-Jewish man is a mamzer because that's not an israkares okay so he doesn't have the mamzer problem so the Gemara says okay so we still so we don't know what the reason is why he holds that Kutim cannot marry Kutim so we're going to end here with that question why can Kutim not marry Kutim one reason is they're all Suffolk mamzerim but the Gemara says but they're Suffolk mamzerim and they're all gayrim so that shouldn't be a problem. So the answer number two is fine. They're mamzerim with non-Jews. Okay, which really just means they're Jews and non-Jews. But anyway, but the Gemara says, but according to the Lezer, they're not mamzerim. Okay, even if it's a Jewish woman and a non-Jewish man, the kid isn't a mamzer. So, so what is your problem, according to Rabbi Lezer, that Kutim cannot marry other Kutim? Okay, so we will return tomorrow to find out the answer. Leave you with a